Welcome to Coffee Talk from the Ground Up, an ECS podcast, where we strive to provide a more personable way to communicate with employees. I'm Steve Gosselin, but you can call me Goose, and I'm part of our senior leadership team, and I'm joined here by Julie Smith, who is part of the marketing communications team and our resident Chocoholic. Say hi, Julie. Thanks, Steve. Hey, everyone. I'm glad you're joining us today. So, Steve, what are we doing here? Great question, Julie. One of the struggles with a company our size is getting a message to the masses without it being diluted along the way. From projects and people to services and career insight, we hope this podcast helps provide an avenue to communicate the stories that are worth sharing. It's to learn about our culture and feel more connected and to have some fun along the way. So what you're saying is, we hope this podcast is educational, entertaining, and encouraging. With practical advice, you can apply directly to your work and life. Well said, Julie, and that's why you're in marketing. (laughs) So grab a cup and settle in. Our attorney makes us say this. This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. Nothing herein shall be construed as providing professional engineering services or used to establish the standard of care. This podcast and the comments contained therein represent only the personal views of the participants and do not reflect those of ECS. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. We're really excited to have Liz Newcomb, who's joining Julie and I this morning. We're going to start with Safety Minute. And today uh, we're going to be talking about winter slip prevention. And this is something good to, to talk about. I'll speak for myself, but I'm sure everybody here has had an unfortunate slip or fall or spill, something they didn't expect, and you end up on your back or your hip or your elbow or something like that. Just a quick reminder to everybody, use extra caution. Keep yourself on your feet this winter. Don't hurry when conditions are likely to be slippery. Give yourself plenty of time to get to your destination. If at all possible, wear slip-resistant footwear that are appropriate for the weather. Always uh, around the office, on job sites, at home, practice good housekeeping habits. You know, clean up things. uh, Make sure you don't leave trip hazards around and, you know, water or liquids in place where they might freeze. Keep a skid-resistant doormat available outside the door. Try to think ahead and anticipate hazards as you're walking. Like I said earlier, slow down, take your time. Uh, you can take shorter steps if you think you're, it's going to be slippery. And, you know, the most important thing, just pay attention when you're walking after dark. The worst uh, spill I've had on ice was in the evening and just stepped on a slick spot and ended up on my hip. Remember also that drivers have a difficult time seeing you. That almost happened to me Saturday evening. I was out uh, making a turn into a parking lot, and a guy was walking along a sidewalk, and he was in all black, had a black hat on, and uh, and he had a black beard. I mean, you know, all you could see was his eyes. And luckily, I wasn't in too much of a hurry, but he was walking out in front of me, so I had to hit my brake. There's a lot of clothes nowadays that have reflective stuff on them. Be sure to wear something with that would reflect light or is light colored and, and really just watch out for vehicles and crazy drivers. Winter slip prevention and caution. 
So a uh, quick introduction. Liz Newcomb is the branch manager of our Louisville office and joined ECS in 2018. She earned both her civil engineering degrees from the University of Louisville, go Cards, and completed yes, three co-ops over the course of five years before taking time to travel the globe with her husband. With nearly a decade of engineering experience, Liz has worked on a portfolio of projects that are both varied and vital. As the child of two creatives, it came as a serious shock when she chose a STEM subject career. But Liz believes that imagination instilled in infancy only enhances her engineering expertise. When she's not working, Liz is continuously creating anything from paintings to pottery. And I'm glad that's in the introduction. When I first met Liz, when uh, she and the folks in Louisville joined DCS, and we'll get into how that came to be. We were at lunch one day and Liz and I were talking and I said, you know, I told her a little bit about myself. So tell me about you. And she's like, but if the, your parents are artists, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So she told me about her parents being artists, stuff like that. I said, that's fascinating. So how'd you get into engineering? So we'll hopefully we'll get into some of that story. So some rapid fire questions to uh, get us ready. Being from Louisville or the Louisville area, what's your favorite bourbon? My two go-tos are Woodford and Rabbit Hole. Yeah, my golfing buddies and uh, drinking buddies love Woodford. They, they go for that all the time. That's the first choice. Favorite place in the world? It's either Switzerland in the Alps or Rome. Oh, man. Oh. Two great choices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you addicted to? Whichever creative endeavor that I am into at that moment, whether it be painting or jewelry making or right now I'm really into resin and making jewelry pieces. I'm also doing resin painting. So I'm adding paints in it and making like these fluid abstract art paintings. Nice. Well, I wish y'all could see the video here because Liz is always sporting some pretty cool jewelry and she is this morning. Did you make that stuff? I made the earrings. Nice. I didn't make the necklace. It's a cartouche of my first name that my parents brought back from Egypt for me whenever I was in high school. Oh, awesome. And what is something most people don't know about you? Whenever I was in high school, I actually had to be tutored in English, which would surprise most of the people around here because I review all their reports and their and I'm constantly picking apart <laughs> their grammar and how it's being said. And they're like, oh, again, <laughs> the fact that I had to be tutored for that would surprise most of them. Wow, that's uh, that's really good to know. I know that. I reviewed a lot of stuff, too, through my career. And, and English, I mean, you know, being a scientist, English is not a strength. I mean, I'm good enough. But, yeah, there's a lot of things that uh, that I miss or don't pick up. And, you know, I, I don't know that English is really taught strongly in schools in Texas either. For me now, whenever I hit review on documents and I see what Microsoft editor tries to do to my documents, I'm like, holy cow, I really had no idea. So good good for you, man. That's that's admirable. I like that. Okay, so uh, Liz, uh, tell us your ECS story. Tell us a little bit about, you know, how you got here. And I think some of that uh, would involve uh, getting with uh, Jim Engineering. So you could kind of tell us about that path. The floor is yours. All right. Well, 
So I started at Gem Engineering right out of college after I had taken some time off. I graduated UofL with my master's and Jerry Vandeveld, the previous branch manager here in Louisville and the owner of Gem Engineering, was one of my adjunct professors. So he had me in class. And then whenever I went, came out looking for a job, he was like, oh, I think this is something you would like. I had done everything in structures. He's like, but I think he's like, you just don't seem like the type of person that wants to sit behind a desk all day and not talk to people. <laughs> so he's like, you need to come try this out. If it doesn't work out, that's fine. We'll figure out something else. But he's like, will you give it a shot? And I was like, okay. I'll do that. So I came in ready to go and I loved it from the moment. I love being outside. I loved going out and talking to people and getting a real world feel for engineering, not crunching numbers all day while I like math and science. I don't like being inside all day. <laughs> I really loved it and I kind of just grew. I started as a technician. I was doing 2 a.m. pours and floor flatness in the middle of the night for about a year. And then I moved up and started doing the geo reports and drilling and just have kind of worked my way up. And then in 2018, I was a project manager at the time. And that's when we became a part of ECS because our upper management was starting to be like, hmm. I need to retire soon. <laughs> what are we going to do? So we then were acquired by ECS and I got to meet a lot of new people and I got a lot more resources, which I loved because I always liked going after the crazy projects. Like I loved railroad bridges. That was my thing at GEM. And we that was the one that did it because I did all the research and figured it out. <laughs> and it was nice to know that I had other people I could count on once we became ECS for that. And then as part of ECS, I was tapped on the shoulder whenever my manager decided she was going to move on to a more technical career instead of consulting. And she was like, hey, I think you'd be good to take over the geotech department. So I did that. And then whenever Jerry retired, a year ago, he tapped me on the shoulder and was like, hey, I think you should try managing the branch. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Something new. It's a new adventure. I'll try it. So that's the shortened version of my story of how I got where I am now. Awesome. That's great. How's it going? I mean, I know every day there's different challenges and uh, some unique challenges and just, you know, share a couple stories with us, you know, tell us, you know, how it's going. Some things uh, you might have anticipated and expected, and then some of the things you really didn't expect. Okay. So I love branch managing right now. It's like a new adventure every day. I don't do the same thing. And there are so many things that I get to learn now. Like I, business side of things definitely is a interest right now for me of how we come up with certain budgets. How do we do these multipliers? How does all this relate? And how do I make us as efficient as possible? That's kind of 
my little pet project right now as branch manager, which is something that I didn't really have a whole lot of control of before now. It's definitely been a learning experience and a steep learning curve on that side of things. Like I had been exposed to all the engineering and the technical side of things and also business development and marketing, which I like to do as well because I like to go out and talk to people. But it's on a different level now, even with that. And I like that. It being able to think about how do I want to get our name out there? How do I want to, what pursuits do I want to make sure that our office goes after hard? That is a new aspect of something that I was already familiar with, but it definitely has been interesting to me and has been something that I like more so than some of the other paperwork and the fact that I don't get out in the office, out of the office as much. <laughs> but the marketing does get me out and talking to clients, which is really a big part of what I like to do. Yeah. Awesome. Liz and I got on a little early and we were chatting. I was just checking in and, you know, I was asking her how it was going. And, and one, you know, a couple of things she shared with me, and I'll ask you to share it, you know, with the listeners is uh, she jumped into this almost inherited a long-standing, pretty well-run, solid operation. And I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'll let you, I'll let you take it from here. But that what you know what she said is this well it's time to make it mine so you know just tell me a little bit about that and you're talking about planning and things like that so yeah just an, an enlightenment and uh, tell us about you know why you're excited how enthusiastic you are some of the things you were telling me yeah well as you said i had inherited a well run very established office here our clients know us very well and we have a name in our local community, but it has always been Jerry's and Samantha's and Mike's. And so last year was a transition year which for Jerry to me. And this year, it's the first year that I feel like it's really mine. Like I get to start from day one and it is me 100%. And I'm super excited to get in there and change some of these things, but not like change everything, but because we are well run. So I'm excited to be able to come up with new ways to do things and make us a very efficient office and also to try out some of the new marketing strategies that I have that we hadn't pursued in the past. It's just, it's, I get to tweak and kind of fiddle a little bit and make this run how I think it should. I'm excited about that. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, you know, based on the performance so far during the transition and you taking over and being established as branch manager, based on our project proposal registrations, and that's a pretty good indicator of how uh, one of our business units or operations are doing, the market and the staff are responding to your leadership quite well. I mean, you guys are really starting to take off. So congratulations, okay. kudos to you. Thank you. I've gotten a lot of help. I hired a new D4 department manager, Tom Jones, and he is a marketing genius. 
Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's the that's the first key right there in uh, good leadership is surrounding yourself with excellent people. I mean, you know, you, you're going to do a great job. You know, you're just, you're, your enthusiasm is contagious and, you know, people want to work with you. You obviously have the technical background, but yeah, the more people that you can surround yourself with that are good and, and do a great job and are excellent at, at certain things, especially things you're not strong at, the better you're going to be. And I know you're, you're figuring that out. There's another part of your story, and I want to throw this out there. You know, you're one of uh, three female branch managers in ECS Southeast. We've got you in Louisville. We have April Tudor in Memphis, and we have Allison Persley in Greenville, South Carolina. And in a particularly male-dominated industry and company and stuff like that, you three are really, really setting a trend. All three of you, are, of y'all, are doing a great job. So, first of all, I want to acknowledge you. Uh, let you talk a little bit about that, and then I do have a question. I mean, a, a follow-up. Do y'all spend time talking to each other on the phone? <laughs> I'll answer the last one first. Yeah, April and I talk quite a bit because we're in the same region. So I and we also went through Future Leaders together. So we kind of established a connection then and talk on a regular basis. <laughs> we usually talk at least once a week if on our calls that we all have. And then I'll ask her questions. She'll ask me questions because we have similar geology. We have similar backgrounds, similar <laughs> interests, I guess, <laughs> too. So I've gotten to know April fairly well. I haven't gotten to really interact with Allison too much. I did just meet her at the manager's meeting for the Southeast. And she seems really nice and I would like to get to know her better. Yeah. Well, all three of y'all are awesome. And it's not going to go without saying, I mean, uh, you went to the University of Louisville. Uh, Allison went to the University of Alabama and April went to the University of Arkansas. So y'all are pretty close together that way as well, too. <laughs> And all three schools, their primary color is red, which is kind of interesting. So there, yeah. there's a lot of connections there. Make sure you take time to get to know each other. I think there's a lot of synergy and, and positive energy that will come out of that. Julie, how about you, if you pick it up from here and kind of move into our next sec set of questions? Yeah, sure. So, Liz, you know, we wanted to chat with you today. I mean, one, to hear your story, obviously your growth and career path has been awesome. But I also know that outside of your personal development, you're also pouring into the next generation and you're, you're involved in some mentoring and some volunteering outside of, you know, your creative pursuits outside of managing a branch. I don't know how you do all these things, but, <laughs> <laughs> but to kind of start off on that, where do you get your inspiration? Who inspires you? My biggest inspiration came from my grandmother. She was a big part of my life. She was a very strong individual, and I always wanted to do the best I could to make her proud. And that's, she, I mean, I think she would have been proud of me no matter what I did. But <laughs> I just, she wasn't afforded a lot of the opportunities that I've been given. So I want to make the most of that for her because I'm, I just, I think she would be very happy with that 
because she would have been a fashion designer or something if but she got brooked into becoming a stay-at-home mom for seven kids and she kind of she would have loved to have been a career woman but the time just wasn't right for her and so she always wanted someone to pass that along to and I feel like I've that was always me (laughs) I've always been very career-minded I have always wanted to go above and beyond what I thought was possible. Like you tell me you can't do something. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go do that. And then I'll get back with you. (laughs) Because (laughs) it's like setting that challenge and just her being there and being supportive of me in that respect. And also that kind of same mentality that she passed along to a lot of her grandkids. Oh, that's awesome. You and I were chatting earlier and you shared with me about two different organizations that you're involved with in terms of mentoring and encouraging students to pursue STEM-related careers. How did you find out about those? Can you share a little bit about both those organizations? Okay, so the first one is Inspiring Girls USA. I got involved with them through one of my good friend's mothers, actually. She was a dean at Butler University, and one of her students is the Southeast chapter president for that organization. She was like, hey, you two need to connect because I think you all would get along great, and you'd be able to add and help out in Louisville or in Kentucky. Inspiring Girls is a great organization. It is nationwide. It's also online. So I've talked to girls across the country, not just in my area. And it just, it gives a platform for middle school, high schoolers that are thinking, young girls that are trying to figure out what they want to do. And I've been put in the STEM section of what they do. And I've talked to seven or eight girls this year about getting into college, what they're kind of looking for in a program. What is engineering? Sometimes it's just basics like that, or, hey, what's it like to go to college and be a female in a STEM program where you are the minority. You're surrounded by men. (laughs) And does that make a difference? And who can I talk to or who can I go to for advice on how to deal with some of these things that typically don't come up if you have a male professor? And how do you navigate that world? And then sometimes it's, hey, who do you room with? Who do you like? I mean, some of the easiest questions and sometimes they're hard questions, but it's just, it's a platform so that they have feel comfortable, have somebody to talk to that has been there, has done that and they can relate to. And then NAWIC 
is our women in construction and our local Louisville chapter. They reach out to elementary schools, middle schools, and high schools with their STEM programs. We did an event back in the fall where we talked with elementary school kids about STEM and engineering and construction. And we built little toothpick bridges and popsicle (laughs) bridges and did the kind of very basic stuff. And it was a lot of fun just kind of getting engineering out there and making it seem not so scary or so like this big, massive thing that it's like, oh, I'm not smart enough to do that. Yes, you are. You can do that. You Mm -hmm. can. It's problem solving. It's logic. It's not. I don't have to be the very best at math and be able to rattle off this big, long equation in my head. It's looking at something and looking at it in a different way. And so being able to talk to kids about that, it makes it seem like it's an attainable career path, which it is. And so many people, I think, do not believe that. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. So obviously we heard in your intro, you're the child of some creatives. You yourself are very creative. How does that help you when you're connecting with these students? Well, I feel like art is a very basic language. Doesn't everybody speaks art, whether you draw stick figures or you can paint the Mona Lisa. It's very easy to connect with somebody on a visual level, whether you're just sitting there doodling something out or you're expressing an idea visually. It's very relatable. It's something that you can relate to. You can get some feedback from immediately. Like I can draw one thing and then somebody else can add to that or, and it's just a back and forth of being able to express an idea that you might not be able to say, or you might not be able to come up with the right words to describe what you're, you mean, but you can draw a basic picture and show it. So it just makes it a little bit easier. And then the crazy hair colors <laughs> are always a great opener. <laughs> uh, they, yeah. That's awesome. I don't think you need me drawing anything. It would definitely be stick figures. It would not look pretty, but, you know, we can we can kind of go from there. So obviously you're very successful in what you do. You're a leader in our company. You know, Steve alluded to the fact that you were one of three female branch managers in the Southeast. But what advice would you give to someone who's listening who might be interested in being a mentor to a student and, you know, they're feeling like, uh, I'm not as high up as Liz. I don't have as much experience as Liz. What's your encouragement to someone listening who may want to be a mentor? What, what kind of next steps should they take? Well, anybody can be a mentor. Kids are always just looking for somebody that they can connect with. And honestly, a lot of them get intimidated by someone that is really high up. So if you start out in the beginning with them, then it's like, oh, wait, you're very relatable. So getting involved early is great. But even if you don't, 
it's still great to get involved and to help these kids because there are so many kids out there that don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they want to do. They don't. They just. And I know how I was as a kid. My parents told me to do one thing and I'm like, "Mm -hmm, no, you don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) But, you know, if somebody else came and told me about something, I'd be like, oh, well, maybe I would listen to that person more than somebody like my parents or an aunt or uncle. So I, they just need somebody to talk to. And best place to first get involved is universities. Universities all have outreach programs to their local high schools, local middle schools, because they're trying to bring in students when they graduate. So they know who to talk to. They know who to get in contact with. They already have something in place. So if you get involved with the university, they'll go ahead and they'll be like, yeah, that's great. Because they're always looking for volunteers. That's the best, easiest place to get involved. Yeah. Okay. And from a real practical standpoint, does this mean that I have to like get on TikTok? Do I have to like get on Snapchat? No. (laughs) How are are you communicating with these students? Zoom and Teams are the easiest way. and sometimes. It's text message. Like, I've got several. I'm from Owensboro, Kentucky, back in Western Kentucky, and I've got some friends of friends that have kids that are thinking about engineering. And they're like, I'm like, just give them my phone number and I'll text back and forth with them because that's the easiest way to get in contact with them. And I am terrible at social media, I'm just awful at it. (laughs) Yeah. I try a little bit on LinkedIn (laughs) and then I'm like, yeah, that takes a lot of effort. I don't want to do Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, all the other things. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. No, I think that's encouraging to hear that, you know, it's as simple as things that we're already doing. We're texting people. We're already clearly using Teams or Zoom or some other platform. And so this you know, you mentoring and engaging with these students is a fairly simple way to do it. And you're just building those connections, right? So yeah. I think I think that's great. That's an encouragement to me. I don't want to have to get on TikTok. I don't want to have to do any of that. And, you know, sounds like we don't have to, to be able to yeah. make back. So that's awesome. Text message, email, the Teams chats, the Zoom calls, It they do it all. It's just real easy to get in touch with them. That's awesome. That's really good stuff. Excellent advice. And I think uh, the most important part is just a personal connection. And that's, you know, that's what you're saying. And right now that's hard to do, you know, with, uh, you know, the social distancing and some of the challenges we have, you know, trying to get together. But any way that you can uh, connect personally with somebody makes a big difference. I know the three of us, and really all of our listeners, there's not anybody out there that didn't have somebody at some point in their lives, probably in middle school or high school, that they had a conversation with that helped guide them or get them along the right path. I was fortunate. My dad actually had a coworker that he asked me to connect with, and the guy was waiting for my phone call. So it was really nice. But he's a, he's a young engineer, 
and uh, and we sat down. We had a long uh, conversation about yeah, you know, what do I really want to be when I want to grow up? Where do I want to go to school? What do I want to study? That type of stuff. And and it did it helped a lot, you know, because just like you said, Liz, you know, I, I did kind of listen to my parents, but I was the first one. In fact, I was the only one on my side of the family that has gone to college. I was the first one and the only one. So I really didn't know. And so talking to somebody who had an engineering degree, not only was I in awe, it had a profound effect. So, you know, just keep doing what you're doing because you really don't know the impact and the difference you're making in people's lives. I mean, you kind of have a sense of it, but you'll find out later on in life, you're going to get a phone call or a letter or an email from somebody and it's going to be, oh, wow, I had no idea. So good for you. Keep it up. I really appreciate what you're doing. And so, so do so do the 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 ladies that you're working with. Okay, we've got time to to wrap it up here. A final question: What fills your cup? What makes you happy or brings you joy? I like supporting people. What makes me happy is whenever I can do something and I can see that it's helping someone and making them happy and fulfilling them in some way. That fulfills me a lot. I also like to do things for me, like go to the spa and (laughs) do my creative stuff. But really what drives me is being able to help others. Mm -hmm. That's great. Bringing and creating joy for others brings joy for you. That's uh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Before we sign off, Julie, anything else? Anything you want to end with? No, I think this has been great, Liz. I really appreciate your time. I guess. Okay, one more question, because I alluded to it. How do you do all the things? How do you make time to be a branch manager, to pour into your staff, to pour into students, and create jewelry? And do you sleep? I I, have, I do have questions. A little bit. Just a little sleep. <laughs> Lots of caffeine and not a lot of sleep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Liz. I really appreciate it hearing from you today. I think this was a great conversation and I hope it encourages some of our listeners to get engaged with students, just, you know, being a sounding board, being a mentor um, so that we can see the the ripple effects that we have on students' lives. But thank you again, Liz, for your time. Yeah. Thanks for making time for us. I mean, I'll just pile on to what Julie said. I mean, I know that you're really busy. I know you got a lot of stuff going on both inside and outside of work. And, and creating time for us to, to do this, it's important to the folks that are listening. It really is. I mean, we're, uh, we're trying to get the message out and trying to connect people inside the company. And uh, the more stories like yours we can share, the more connected we'll be as a company. So we really appreciate you doing that with us and sharing your story and taking time. Well, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. I love the platform. It's, I think, inspiring girls and then just in general connecting with your local teenagers and preteens. I think it's a great opportunity. And I think if you have a any sort of desire or passion for that, it, I think it'd be great for everybody to do just a little bit. All right. Very good. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Coffee Talk from the ground up. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have an idea on future topics, guests, or are up for a round of call, 
you can call me, text me, email me, just, just get in touch with me and I'll get it to Julie and uh, we'll get it set up. And for those of you that don't want to play golf and you may hate talking on the phone, that's okay. You can send us an email at ecsmarketing at ecslimited.com. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Thanks, Julie. Here's to having a great day.